Thanks for tuning in. This is Matt Santos of the Mile High Show. I am sitting in the Raven Cafe on Cortez Street in Prescott, recording episode number 195. Now, this episode features my friend and past guest of the show, Mr. Bo Woods. He is the Bo half of the Ronnie and Bo Show podcast. You can find out information on them at ronnieandboshow.com, and that's where you'll find links to their their Facebook page and Twitter and every, all the other social media, as well as links to the podcast itself. Now, oh, a month or two ago, I sat down with both Ronnie and Bo and did a swap cast where we, where we each did a show and, uh, and then we both shared it. Uh, both, of, both of our shows shared it. This is just Bo, the Bo half, and myself sitting down. Uh, we recorded it at the Palace uh, Restaurant and Saloon about a week or so ago. But today, I am sitting down at the Raven. Now, both the Palace and the Raven are great supporters of, of the podcast, as well as arts in general, arts and performers and musicians in and around Prescott. So check them out, specifically the Raven, where I am tonight. Ravencafe.com or Raven Cafe Prescott on Facebook. They host an uh, open mic the third Thursday of every month, and that's where I am right now. I am uh, about an hour before they launched that open mic. It's a mixture of uh, poetry and music and storytelling and uh, and some jokes and and a li- whatever you want to do. It's open, uh, a very welcoming audience, uh, 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 very supportive to just stretch your performance muscles in whatever art form that you have. So check them out again. Oh, uh, Raven Cafe Prescott on Facebook or RavenCafe.com online. They're at Cortez Street in Prescott, just a block off the uh, off the courthouse square. Uh, great supporters of the podcast and the arts in general. So check them out and check out my guest today, Mister Ron, uh, Mister uh, Bo Woods of the Ronnie and Bo Show. And the intro music was from uh, an old favorite of mine, Wall of Voodoo Mexican Radio. That is explained in the episode, along with uh, with Bo's Mexican Radio nickname that uh, station manager had given him. So sit back, enjoy. Uh, use the link there in the, in the show notes for the milehighshow.com to support the show. Use that Amazon link. Use the donate button. Give us a, give us a buck or two and, uh, and uh, help us continue to bring you the best in local artists, performers, and entertainers. So sit back, enjoy my conversation with Bo Woods recorded at the Palace Restaurant and Saloon while I sit at the Raven Cafe in Prescott. I've never been in front of a mic with uh, tater tots in my mouth. How are they? Let's go. We'll make this the all food, uh, the all food mile high show. Yeah, give, give us a review. So uh, Santos said, "Hey, let's go in here and let's do this thing in the middle of the day." So we're just at a restaurant. And he says, uh, they got nachos made out of tater tots. I said, no They're way. They're tachos. Okay, guess where we are. Everybody what are they in t- What are they called? Ta- tachos. Tachos? Yeah. Because they're tater tots, nachos. Nachos, so yeah. Tachos. And then our waitress came up to check on us, like, as waitresses do. And she stands in front of us with her arms spread out. And she goes, how are your, how are your tachos? <laughs> <laughs> how are your tachos, lady? <laughs> Tenderfoot tachos, tater tots, cheddar cheese. Jalapeno and pico de gallo. I don't think my level's going to be very well, very good on this thing. No, you're fine. You're fine. Except you, you got that uh, extra pop filter that, well, it's a beard, but 
it could act as a pop filter. So I'm using a knife and the microphone to scoop more tater tots. Tachos. We are at the historic Palace Restaurant Saloon on Prescott's Whiskey Row. Come on down. We won't be here in 30 minutes. <laughs> I might just be here the rest of the afternoon. Danny Romero plays here in a little bit. Uh, right here in the main, the main bar room. My guest today, Mr. Bo Woods. Longtime radio personality, radio guru, radio re- Prescott area radio legend, and uh, and co-host of the Ronnie and Bo show. That's right there on the back window of my truck. Did you see that? I love that. Did you see it? You got it? Okay. sticker. Thanks for putting that up. There's three of them in the neighborhood. <laughs> one on my car, one on my wife's car, one on your car. Um, so, tell, tell me about the show. Tell me about oh, the Ronnie so and Bo. The Ronnie and Bo show. So it's interesting. So I've got a background, as you said, in radio, and Ron Merrill is a pastor at Heights Church here, and uh, we met and had no aspirations of working together. And then, how did you guys meet? Is that do you attend there? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do now. You know, as a matter of fact, I, I have young kids, and so there was, you know, there was that guilt of you know you got to get the kids in youth church, programs you know? and things like that. Yeah. So. Um, no, I, just, I didn't know if you guys had a history before before that. No, I met him. Uh, I saw him on TV. He was doing the benediction of the, uh, at the, sorry, I'm burping these tater tots, but uh, he, he was doing the benediction live on TV uh, of the uh, Granite Mountain Hot Shots. That, at, the, uh, at the uh, high school? No. Oh, at the event center? Yeah. At the- I think he did it also at the... Uh, I think you're right. At the uh, uh, Prescott High School. I was at both of those events. And so I saw him without even knowing who he was. I said, yeah. man, that guy is sharp. Look at him. Because I, yeah. I was watching like everybody in America watching it on the uh, network. So I, no, said, I was up in Section 204. Oh, so, so, <laughs> well, la-di-da. You were there in person. <laughs> yeah. Sitting next to Reuters. Reuters yeah. And... Uh, the good news is he was actually one of only a handful of the public that got to go in and see it yeah. live. But the bad news is you had to wear a, a, a Scottish kilt and, and, and perform <laughs> with the fire fireman's uh, band, right? I wear the kilt anyway. That's just kind of that, that's that's what I call Tuesdays. Yeah, that's right. That's nice. By the way, um, so Ronnie, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna, I know this is not going to go anywhere. This is not going to be a good thing because we're just going to go bing, bing, bing. I'm changing um, the name of the show to Tangents. It's okay. Yeah, well, good for this episode. So, so uh, Ronnie and I, are, we, we, we meet, we, we get a podcast going. Fast forward, we end up doing a fundraising show, a live performance, a two-man comedy show at the Elks, which was a so About success. a week and a week and a couple no, days November ago. 1st. Yeah. Uh, we were asked to do it. We were scared to death. He wasn't. I was. And we pulled it off, and we sold 500 tickets, nice. $22 each, and all that money went to a um, charity in town. And uh, uh, we, we thought that we were very proud of what we did, and, and we were very happy with the, with the uh, results. But uh, when we were preparing for this, we were thinking of some bits to do. I remember the kilt story, okay, because I'm getting there. <laughs> and so... Uh, so we were thinking of some bits to do, and, and I came up with a thing. How about if we do beard versus bald? He's a, he's a bald gentleman, and I've got this big beard. And so it was going to be a, a, a cut-down type of a bit. You know, I'm going to hit him with one. He's going to hit me with one. And so uh, we were writing these things, you know, and we're writing down these funny, what we thought were funny ideas about one-liners or cut-downs about beard and bald, and we were going to go back and forth like a volume yeah. back and forth. And one that we came up with, he's a pastor at church, and we're doing a fundraiser. And one that, I, that we came up with was, his attack on my beard was, 
you look like what happens when a windstorm comes through a Scottish funeral. <laughs> Meaning the kilts get lifted up and everything, and you know, and, and we couldn't use that. One. We couldn't use that one, so I'll use that one here. But, but he, he said that was probably over the top and, and not 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 tasteful enough. And the other the other one that we, we came up with that, that I I said Ron say this one say this one and he said no I can't do it. Bo, Bo, your beard looks like the wastebasket of a Brazilian wax salon. But that was a that was that was out of bounds too. But we would just go back and forth, you know, and, and uh, wait, 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 wait. You say we would go back and forth, but so far, so far, the back and forth is me. you throwing out a tasteless joke and him going, "No, no we can't do that." Can't do that and then we came up with other ones, you know. It was fun, and, and and then so it was it was a lot of fun. And then what we did is we just I don't know foolishly we said let's make it a duel, and so we uh, during the show we said let's make it a duel. So we were just zinging each yeah. other with these things, and so I said, "All right." Turn around, and we're going to go shoulder to back to back, and we're going to take three paces. Turn around, yeah. and we're going to have a beard and bald duel. And so we would go three paces. We turn around, and we'd, we'd hold our finger out like we're shooting yeah. like kids, kids pretending they're shooting a gun, and we'd say, "You know, there's three ways for a man to wear his hair: parted, unparted, and in Ronnie's case, departed." <laughs> departed. And then we go pew, <laughs> you know, like we're shooting each other, like like a duel, you know. And then he'd come back with one. But uh, anyways, it was a lot of fun. Ah, sounds like it. And uh, we raised a lot of money, and uh, we didn't know that we could do that. And when we realized that we could do it, um, we, we started thinking that what we need to do is um, do one annually. and, and Nice. Pick, and pick a... Uh, pick a charity, pick yeah, a good cause. And, and I think that would be a, a, what do you call that, a nice, nice way to leave your mark on society if we do that. So we're going to try nice. to do that once a year. That'll be nice. We'll look forward to that. Now, your uh, real active social media, uh, specifically Facebook, the Ronnie and Bo show page, but a website where people can get links to your other social media and your downloads and your iTunes and, and all that stuff. Where, where's, your, where's your web home? So we got RonnieandBoShow.com. Okay. And that's our website. And, um, you know, I just steal from other people's websites, right? Yeah. And, and we just say, hey, let's put our picture. You know, there's a hey. website that does that. What's going so on? So look who just walked in. I, oh, I th- I'm sorry. I was going to give you a quarter. I thought it was some homeless guy. What? No. <laughs> the, great, one, the great Danny Romero going to take the stage here at the Palace in a little bit. Right, Do you, know, you know Bo? I don't, no, no, Danny. Nice Bo Woods. You mind? We're doing a podcast here. Do you mind? Come on. It's a professional, <laughs> it's a professional outfit here. He's more interesting than I am. Up there. No, he's been on the show way too many times. People are sick of him. But uh, we did a we did a little swap cast a few weeks ago. You were you were kind enough to invite me over to to the Ronnie and Bo Studios. You got an official sponsor name for that yet? Yeah, yeah. It's what is Signals it? Signals AZ Studio. Signals AZ Studio. Our good buddy Guy Rogerson. And then and, then the show and Torrance Dunham. By... I was with Torrance last weekend. I like Torrance. Sons. He was my uh, yeah, he's he was all my right. Intern at, he's uh, all right. Oldies fourteen fifty. But. Um, so and then we have uh, Prescott Tire Pros and Automotive Service. Louis Gomez is a wonderful guy. He's a good friend of mine. Keep plugging and, away because I'm going to call them all later and ask well, you for just money ask too. Ask me if we got the studio. <laughs> no, go ahead. Yeah? No, I'm serious. And then Prescott Realty. <laughs> Prescott Realty. Yeah, John Rocha, Lorinda Prescott Johnson. Tire Pros. Yep, Prescott Tire Pros and, and uh, Automotive Service. So we got about three uh, cool sponsors. We're working on it, and they're supporting us, and we love their support. And uh, there was another point that I was going to say. You had another question about something. No, oh, we were no, just so go- we were talking about. We were talking about the. I wanted to mention so. So we have a, a website, and yeah, we're on. We've got a, a podcast a server. We've got Twitter. We've got everything that everyone nice. else has, right? You know, 
RonnieandBoShow.com. RonnieandBoShow.com. And so I'm looking at other websites going, what should we do? And I saw one that had, um, what do you call those things when the people say nice things about you? A little, little. I have no idea. You know, like when the movie I've comes out. I've never had one of those. No, come on, help me. <laughs> I don't the little, know. The little, little testimonials, yeah, the testimonials, blurbs. Yeah, testimonials, yeah. So I saw a website that said, you know, this guy is great. He's fabulous. He's funny or whatever. So I said, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. And when we, when we interview people, maybe I can get a testimonial yeah. from how, how do we do. So we interviewed um, comedian Craig Shoemaker, real funny guy. Yeah. The love monster. Anyways, we, we interviewed him, a real funny guy, and, and he was putting us on. He was half serious and half putting us on, like, who are these two bozos? Why am, yeah. I, why am I doing an interview with these two guys? Yeah. I mean, he was, he was above us, right? And so, uh, but we had a fantastic uh, uh, interview, and at the end, unsolicited, he said, you know, guys, I got to tell you, I mean, I, I got through this hour with you guys, and, and I can't believe it. Uh, you guys deserve golden microphones. You guys were really fantastic, and I really had a fun time. And, and goodness sakes, I wasn't, you know, da-da-da. And I said, and I jokingly said, can we use that as a testimonial? And he laughed, and we laughed. And, and he sort of said yes, or maybe didn't say yes. And so, <laughs> so I put on our, our, on our website, you two deserve golden microphones. It was a great interview. And then I put a dash, comedian Craig Schumacher. Yeah. Well, then I get to Andrew Norelli. Andrew Norelli is a, is a yeah. wonderfully funny guy. He was on David Letterman. He's got great stuff. And, and so we, we, we interviewed him. And, and, and now I'm not looking for them. But if yeah. they come up, if, if they come up and... You're going to grab them, yeah. I'm going to ask him. So, so, he's, so we were talking about something about broadcasting. And, and, I, and, and, I, and I mimicked the, the DJ voice. And I said, well, you know, Andrew, blah, 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 blah. And it was just part of a conversation yeah. we were having. And he said, oh, Bo... You've got such a raspy and rich voice. <laughs> and I said, hey, can I use that as a testimonial? Ha, 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 as a, as a punchline. So I got Andrew Norelli. He's got such a rich and raspy voice. <laughs> Anyways, and there was one more, but I can't, I'm losing my train of thought in this audience here. But there was, there was another one. Who, who were the last people? The waitress walked by again. No, <laughs> no. So who was the last guy we interviewed? Anyway, so I just put one up. Uh, anyway, they're on my, they're on our, and they're they're more for, for to make fun of us. To yeah, fun I, of us. I sat down with uh, the veterans of comedy, uh, Sean Halpin, Willie Willie Clifton, and, uh, and I'm drawing a blank on the other third. They they travel around the country. They're all three vets, and they do shows to benefit veterans, uh, assistants, and things like that. They were at the Tempe Improv a couple years ago. So I hooked up with them, went down and, uh, and sat in the green room and did an interview with the three of them. And I could do it. Sean Halvin, good guy, great comic, comedy store guy. But this was just one extra thing that he didn't want to be doing before a show. The other guys were fine. They were more relaxed. I think Sean was just wore out. They'd been on the road for a while. And uh, so I made it brief. And I, I always, whenever I'm sitting down with somebody of note, not, not like a Bo Woods, but, you know, somebody famous, uh-huh. I always kind of lead with, you know what, we can go as long or as short as you want. When we're done, just feel free, you know, get up, you know, you can just put the mic down and walk away. No rules. Right. Just yeah, just kind of, we'll, we'll let it go as long or as short as you want. So when we were all done, it, it went well, and it was a good conversation. It's right there at milehighshow.com in the archives along with our swap cast that we did with the Ronnie and Bo show oh, a couple months ago. But when we're all done, uh, Willie go, hey, this is a lot of fun. They don't know me. They didn't know who I was. Hey, this is a lot of fun. You had some good questions. We had some laughs. That was good. And, uh, and Halpin goes, yeah, this was like, uh, like the fifth best interview we did all week. I go, how many did you do? He goes, four. <laughs> Right. So I wanted to pull that as a, you're the fifth best interview we did out of four. 
No, that's yeah. right. Uh, you know, I know what I was going to say. So Michael Berger was a big star in the 90s. Yeah. He was a national TV talk show host, and it was Mike and Maddie. He was a comedian. Yeah. He was a talk show host, a national uh, a talk show personality. host. Personality. And he was a game show host, and he was very popular. And if you don't know his name, you definitely know his picture. And he knew his face, yeah. And, and, and so to tell you the truth, so we, we reached out to him in September and said, we'd like to interview him. He said, sure, here's what we can talk about. I'm a corporate speaker now, and I got some books. And we yeah. said, we'll make you shine. We'll do whatever you want. He said, fantastic. We'll do it on Monday. On Sunday night, he ca- called us in September and said, uh, something came up. I got canceled. And I said to my partner, I said, he probably listened to a podcast of ours and said, why is it going on with these two bozos? And then about a month and a half later, he reached out and said, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm free to do it. Let's do this thing. Yeah. Oh, nice. And he, and he did it. And he was a man of his word. And, and what was great was, what was great was this guy's, you know, I, I, I think he really enjoyed us. But at the time, it was perceived like he was above us and we were not yeah. good enough for him to do an interview with us. Anyways, we end up doing... Well, there's just, some of that just comes with the unknown. You know, you right. don't know these guys. It's small town. It's, and we get yeah. a lot of, we get a lot of um, oh, these two guys are doing a podcast. I mean, is it, gonna, is it in their garage? They don't know that I've, you know, that he's a public speaker, that he's, he's a great communicator, and I've been on the radio for 20-something years yeah. in Los Angeles and Dallas and all over the place. So, you know, you know, and you get two guys in the garage that don't know what they're doing. It could be painful. So yeah. anyway, so he finally gets back to us, and we do this thing. And Ronnie, this is amazing, and you can hear it on our podcast. So we start, you know, and you got to, there's, there's timing, there's, yep. there's, there's, you know, what do you call it, movement, you know, there's, you know, pacing. Yeah. And so we go, hey, we're talking to Michael Berger, and Michael Berger started out his career in comedy, and blah, 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 and Michael, uh, you know, thank you for joining us today, and da, 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 and we're getting into this thing, you know, and we're just, you know, rah, rah, rah. And about three minutes in, Ronnie says, hey, Michael. Can I tell you something? I want to tell you a story real quick. And I say to myself about my partner, Ronnie, oh, no, this is not <laughs> going to be good. <laughs> he says, when I was like 17 or 18, 20 years ago, he said, uh, you were uh, doing Mike and Maddie, and I wrote you a letter <laughs> to the studio. And this is before computers, before cell phones. And he said, Pen to uh, paper. And he, said, and he wrote a letter to Michael Berger. He was a 17-year-old kid. And Michael must have been 30 or something, or 20, and, uh, or whatever. And uh, Ronnie was over at his friend's house playing, and his mother called the house and said, Ronnie, you have to come home. You just received a phone call from Michael Berger, and he said wow. he'll call back in 30 minutes. So you have to get home right now, and you're expecting a call. And so, he, so Michael Berger, this big superstar, <laughs> called this 17-year-old kid at the time, and 20 years later he shared the story, and Michael said, well, I'd really like to say something sarcastic, but that was a real sweet and touching story. <laughs> and that was on our podcast, but it was nice. great. And so I, to, just to finish this uh, testimonial thing, right? So I'm listening for testimonials. You know, wh- wh- where can I grab from this interview and say that he said that about us? And so he said, and he didn't realize he said this, but I said, well, Michael, you know, we talked an hour, and he said, well, great. And he said, guys, you were great. This was fun. It didn't suck. It was really good. <laughs> and he wasn't saying it as a joke. Yeah. He said that in his sentence. And so, uh, and then he said, it's beautiful. It was beautiful. And so I, so, I, so I go on to my website and I say, guys, you are really good. Dot, dot, dot. It you was did. beautiful. I just get the, it didn't suck part. See, I would have just used the it didn't it, suck it part. Didn't suck. <laughs> yeah, I probably should have. I probably should have gone that way, right? So... But, um, now you do you, you, your your interviews because a lot of it is is you and Ronnie solo. Right. You've worked into the interview process. I think the first one was Lisa, right? Yeah, I think so. Our, our good friend Lisa LaChapelle Dandos. 
from local radio here. But are you working more and more, getting more and more interviews, or just doing them as you can? I'm just doing it as we can. I mean, so... Now, are the majority of them done through the phone? Yeah, all of them. Okay. Yeah. Well, not all. I was there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, <laughs> if someone's here, then yes, we'll, yeah. we'll do it live at the studio. But so here's basically how it works. We just try to one-up each other. And, yeah. And, and I get a kick out of he, – he really gets – and I'm, I'm saying this positively, not really. He really gets Twitter-pated about, you know, talking to a celebrity or, or, or a pseudo-celebrity yeah. or comedian or something. Somebody of note. Yeah, of note, and and I I am a little bit past that. Not because it's beneath me; it's just because I've been in radio, been and doing I've it a long been time, on stage with with these superstars and the, yeah. the musicians and everything. And and I've really come to just really appreciate it and enjoy it. Um, there was a time when I was at the grocery store in Los Angeles, and there would be a su- superstar, you know, a, a yeah. movie actor shopping, and I'd go and go, ah, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, leave me alone, I'm picking out cottage cheese, you know. But but no, there's, and so I've really gotten calm about most of it, yeah, you know, ninety percent of it. And so what, what excites me is to just make him uncomfortable in a good way. In a good way. So what I did was, and, and I know we don't have it. We're two guys doing a, a podcast. Everybody has a podcast. There's nothing special about us. And yeah. I really have a low, a, 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 a below humble opinion of what we do. And so, so, but I don't care. I got this free spirit. I, I, yeah. I just have this sense. And so I get on Facebook. And I just think of somebody's name, and then I message them. And I don't know if it's them on their Facebook page or an intern. Manager or, or management. A... Yeah. And so I just go, hi, we're a so-and-so, and we've been in radio, and I've worked in L.A., and I, da 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 and we have a podcast, and we'd really love to, you know, a phone interview request yeah. for so-and-so. Would you please do it? And half of them are going to go, what the heck? Delete. Yeah. But there's occasionally I find one. And, and, and it's fun for me because... Then I say, hey, Ronnie, guess who we're going <laughs> to... Michael Berger? He was the Michael of Mike and Matt. <laughs> and Michael Berger says, Michael Berger says, well, you know, I, we, when we started this, it was produced by Joe Blow. And, and, and Ronnie goes, Joe Blow? He, he, he invented... He created chips. <laughs> I mean, and he just eats that stuff up. And so I love, I love pleasing him by yeah. getting these. And so I just ask anybody he'll do it. We got Rocky Laporte. You know, oh, I he's, mean, a, le- guys, he's a legend. And these guys have no reason. Yeah. And just, just a hundred. It's, it's a hundred percent chance that it's going down instead of up. Yeah. But we're professional broadcasters, and I know how to, you know, lift them up and, and make it about them. How to drive the conversation but and let them shine. You, yeah. I can't tell you how. How I mean. If if two guys called you, I mean, think of this. Yeah. If two guys from Pennsylvania said, "Hey, Matt, I know you're into photography. We're doing a podcast. Would you do it?" You don't know if these guys are serious, if they're yeah. bad, if they're horrible, if they're good. So you can imagine how difficult it is for these guys to say yes to us. So we just go by numbers. We just shoot out a, "Hey, we'd love to yeah. interview. We'd love to interview." And if one sticks, we're 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 just you know dumbfounded. Yeah. The chemistry you guys got together, though. Uh, being in the same room was a blast to yeah, watch nice. you guys and have a lot of fun doing it. I, I had a blast doing it. But listening to the podcast, I'll skim through and, and pull a few out here and there. Uh, but to listen to how you guys dialogue with each other is just a perfect fit. It's well, great. I appreciate you. I, I, I see it a different way. I see it a different way. And, and I, I have more of a manic um, 
personality, you know. A little bit. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just I never get to the point, and I, you know, get to the point, and you know, I tell the story, and then I, and then I retell, and then I start over again, and then I go, oh, and I forgot to tell you that part, and I just can't get to the point. I, you know, squirrel. And he is not like that at all. He is total prep. He can't, you know, <laughs> he just needs to think about it for a week before yeah. we do it. And so, I, you know, it, it just so happens that it works, and it could easily not work. But basically, I'm just, you know, and you say it works. I think that I'm just interrupting him and, and just being obnoxious. But uh, and, and you know what it is? And, and I know this sounds like a saying, and I know this sounds like a rehearsed saying. I got to tell you, I have a respect for him. Uh, he's a pastor. He's got a very sensitive personality as a human being. Um, I don't know people of that ilk except for him. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I see, and it's nothing bravo, or, but I see, he, gets, he gets pulled in every direction. Yeah. And, and he gets overworked. And I'm not, I'm not defending anything or fighting for anything, but he really ha- he, he gets just, just, you know, He's got to do the hard work with the budget at the church. He's yeah. got to prepare for his Sunday episode. Then somebody dies in an airplane crash. That's on him. And then there's this. And then my mother that. And my and a phone call yeah. about my uh, you know something. He just it, it, it's his personality. He just gets killed. And I we stumbled across this. And I know it sounds like a rehearsed thing, but I get pleasure out of out of. Out of, and, and you know, I get a pleasure out of just cracking him up yeah. because it fills him back up. And that's some terms I've lo- learned. Like I never knew the term "pour back into your heart." Or yeah, yeah. But it really is. And I know it sounds corny when we're talking about it, but it's just, no. I understand exactly what you're talking and about. And he comes over and he just laughs. And my wife says, "I listen to your podcast, and the favorite part is hearing Ron laugh because <laughs> Ron, Ron will say something, and I'll just say something totally stupid, benign." Immature, just just senseless, not necessary, and he laughs the deepest no. laugh you've ever heard, and that's that's what they like. You so just, I'm lucky. Yeah, you just said something that's kind of foreign to me. I'd like to know how it makes you feel. You said your wife listens to your podcast. How does that? <laughs> well, I, know, I do I, not know that feeling. I know where you're leading. I know where you're leading. Your wife listens to our podcast too. Yes, she doesn't listen to mine. Who do you oh. think put that sticker on the back of my truck? <laughs> your wife. No, she uh, she is tired of hearing me talk. In the kitchen, let alone yeah. uh, in her in her ears uh, through an earbud. I don't blame her. I, I've yet to hear an episode of this show. Uh, we're 190. This is 195, 196, something like that that we're doing today. Uh, uh, the reason I asked you about the the, the phone interviews because when when you were the bulk of your your radio time was as a DJ, spinning right. records playing and music. playing music. Did you have, I know you did a lot of things, and I want to get into some of those, the live events where you emceed and you introduced and you were on stage uh, introducing big acts and things. I want to talk a little bit about that. But in studio, on your radio time, did you have a lot of guests or was it mainly you and the music and the ads? It's just you and the music. Yeah. It's a music-intensive format. It's not a talk show host, and it's keeping the music moving. moving. Now, uh, I, just, I know the bulk of your, your podcast is in interviews, but you've done a few in person, myself being one, Lisa being another, and you've done a bunch on phone. Do you see a big difference? Because almost every interview I've done has been in person, even the old print stuff for the newspaper and stuff. Very seldom did I do a phone interview. It was usually in person. How, do you see a big difference? Do you do you have to prepare differently? 
No, you know, I've been in radio for like 20 years, and, and you have a request line at the radio station, yeah. so I'm definitely familiar with broadcasting and a phone, uh, picking up, hey, you know, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> no, making, a just I'm not making a joke there. But, I'm, but, I'm, I'm familiar with the f- concept of a no, telephone. <laughs> no, I just mean, you know, but, but I, gotta t- I, I said it that way because we're doing this podcast, and we got two microphones, and we're talking to each other, and we're trying, yeah. and it was rough at the beginning because you're trying not to step on each other, and you're trying to, you know, and now we're finishing each other's sentences, yeah, and now it's yeah. very comfortable, it's very fun. Yeah, an old but married it, couple. But it's, yeah, but it's hard. It was hard at the beginning because you said, you talk now. No, I'll talk now. Yeah. But I got to tell you, as much experience as I had with broadcasting and a telephone, it took us six months to realize, wait a minute, we can take our phone and plug it into this board right here. And then it's like, I mean, I felt like Christopher yeah. Columbus. I can go around we the talk, world now. We talked about that that day I was over. And that's how, that's how naive, I mean, it's like as, as much experience as I had, and I didn't realize I could use it in my own part. And yeah. so it, it, it was liberating. It opened the world to us. But no, as far as, um, as far as talking to people in person or talking to people on the phone, I find it the same. I will, I will admit this, and you didn't ask this. I'm a horrible interviewer. Because, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not making a joke. I'm a horrible interviewer because I don't listen well. You know, and all my life in junior high and high school and wherever, my mom would say, ask about the other person, Bo. <laughs> so I'd, hi, Matt. Nice to meet you, Matt. Hey, Matt, you know what I did today? <laughs> hey, Matt, when I was in 10th grade, I did this. Hey, Matt, yesterday I did that. Ask so you're, about a, the other people. you're a great guest. Yeah, I, maybe, maybe, maybe if I can get, my, get to the point. But, but no, I'm a, I'm a horrible because I don't listen. And, 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 and uh, Johnny Carson said that. Johnny Carson said, don't be the best guest on yeah. your show. Yeah. You have to be really, uh, uh, what do you call it, wallpaper. You really yeah. have to be uh, milk toast. And I'm not a good listener because I want to do that one line. And Michael Berger said that to me. He, he was a game show host. Yeah. And he said, he said, I got a job once because they saw a video that I did. And uh, Hey, how are you, Phil? I was doing this uh, video, and this guy said to me, I don't know what you're doing, but you must be funny, was what the... The, the contestant yeah. said, "I don't understand what you're saying, but you must be funny." And and Michael Berger, and that was the laugh, that was the punchline. And Michael Berger said, "I got a job because of that demo." <laughs> and they said, "You know why you're, you got this job? Because when that happened, you didn't try to top the guy." Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The man on the street. So listening and letting the other guy shine is very important. And I'm not very good at it. I try, but I'm not very good at it. I, I, I get horribly nervous. I'm I'm I, I'm really curious about things. So when I'm sitting there talking to somebody, whether it be you know, somebody of note, a comic that I'm a fan of, a musician I'm a fan of. Uh, I can't get into the nuts and bolts of the craft and the art, especially with the musicians, because I don't know anything about I just know as a fan what I like. And mostly, nice. mostly it's like the songwriters and the storytelling aspect of it. I get very involved yeah. in that. But I, I could have a great conversation in my mind to satisfy my curiosity with you know the bus boy here. You know yeah. how'd you end up here? What you right. what? What else are you interested in? So my show is kind of that. We ramble around a lot, but it's more of just kind of curiosity and having a chat. I like people who listen to this feel like when they're listening to the show, like they just kind of sat down and listened to a conversation. And that's what you want, yeah. right? You want that's it what I like. The, yeah. You want it around the coffee table. Yeah, that's and what if you I can enjoy. Get there, then that's good. That's what I enjoy about doing it, and that's what I say. So it doesn't matter who I'm talking with. I just want to hear their story and, and trade some jokes, have a couple laughs, and and have a good time. But I need to do that in person. When I really, yeah, when I'm looking at why your is face, that, do you I don't think? know. I just, like on the phone, do you lose uh, concentration no, or do you I, lose I, interest? I, when I'm when I've done phone interviews and I've done uh, I've done you know dozens when I was with the paper, just didn't like doing it. 
I'm always worried about trying to think of what I, I, I stop listening more so than when I'm talking to somebody face to face. Okay. While they're answering a question, especially if it's a Q&A for you know, like a, the mayor or somebody that a, you know, I had to call up right. a mayor or a council member for a story and get a quote, I'll ask a question. <coughs> Excuse me. And then <coughs> Yeah, we don't edit nothing out of here. Mm. And then uh, as they're answering it, because I'm not looking at them and I'm writing something down you know, their answer down, I'm actually thinking about what I'm going to ask them next. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, so when I started doing this, that's why I got this portable stuff. That's okay. why my shows are recorded at places like the Palace or at Rickety Crickets or at Big Daddy's Barbecue, wherever, wherever I record. I happen to record at those places a lot um, because I wanted to make sure I could bring my gear, my small setup to the person. And have these conversations. Now, that doesn't always work. As you know, people are, are out and about. Wayne, Fe- You know Wayne Fetterman, the comic comic okay. and writer? Uh, you Google him when we're done here. You'll, you'll recognize the face. Uh, he's been in dozens and dozens of movies and TV shows and stuff. And a great career as a stand-up. Came and did a show at the Elks three or two or three years ago. Wow. Um, and the people that were putting it on, Cynthia Sobo. I don't know if you know Cynthia. Mile High Comedy Theater. Okay. She, it's kind of disbanded now. She's a teacher over at Bradshaw. Uh, she was putting on the show, and it was her comedy troupe, and then Wayne Fetterman was the special headlining yeah. guest. Yeah. So she reached out to me and says, hey, uh, one, we want you at the show. It'll be great. But can you do a little preview thing with Wayne? I think I could set it up, and it'd be a great. And I'm a, I was a Fetterman. I am a Wayne Fetterman, Fetterman fan. freak. Uh, so I, I just don't like doing him on the phone. When's he coming in? Because even if he comes, the show's on a Saturday. If he comes in on Friday, I could have it up Friday night. You know, I can have it up quick. You, yeah, you got a, you got a, <laughs> a seed on your beard. <laughs> I thought I spit it back into my drink. Came through my so, straw of my, of my iced tea. Well, he couldn't do it. He, he, he was coming in day of show. So uh, I, I, we, we traded numbers and traded some emails, and he... We had it set up for a Sunday afternoon, like two weeks ahead of time. And then he calls me a couple of days before, and he goes, hey, I can't do it Sunday. Can we do it Monday morning? No problem. Whenever you can, we'll do it. So I hooked up my phone through the recorder, and like you do through your board. And the first thing he tells me, the episode's there at milehighshow.com, is, ah, sorry we couldn't do it yesterday, but... My, my friend had died, and we were. I had. To, I was taking part in the memorial service. Wow. His friend being Gary Shandling. Oh, so my, he was yeah. the one that put that show together. So opened up the conversation right there for talking about his history with Gary Shandling and the the comedian basketball game that Shandling used to do every Sunday afternoon, where wow. biggest names in Hollywood are at Shandling's house shooting hoops, uh, and then into his writing career and and everything else, but. I still I loved doing the interview and it was great, but it was over the phone and it was stilted. I could feel it. So a couple minutes in, I just I apologized today. He goes, "Oh no, it's going fine." He had told me similar like with your experience with your guests. He didn't he had no idea who I was or right. what I'm doing. A few minutes in, he had told me already. He goes, "I got about 25 30 minutes. I said, I'll take as much time or as little time as you got." That's right. We ended up going about 45 almost an hour. Yeah. And he I said, "Do do we need to cut this short?" He goes, "No, we're having fun. Yeah, keep going." Keep. And then the next week when he was in town, we hooked up early, hung out a little bit and 
took some shots, took some pictures. Turned yeah, out I'm, a I'm, really I'm, decent guy. And but again, still doing it over the phone. It was just I. I was kicking myself, going after the fact, going this was fun. I but don't it have been that, great to do it. In I don't person. have that difference between yeah. live and 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 and, and over the phone. Uh, I am convinced that because uh, it's happened to us, you know. Uh, I'm convinced that the people that we're interviewing will say, what's the format? And, yeah. and I, it's just very simple to explain. Listen, it's two or three guys talking over the phone, and we're just recording our conversation. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a 20-minute long form, give or take five or ten minutes. Uh, it doesn't have to be 20 minutes. There's no hard rules. And, and I say that every time. And, and again, we did burger. We did a, an hour. Yeah. And, and I'm just convinced that they say, okay, well, I have 20 minutes. And then yeah. th- that's their excuse to get out if it's yeah. not going good. Yeah. And then, and, then, and then all of a sudden, they don't remember saying that if they're having a good time and fun. Um, you know, and Michael Burger said to Here me. Here she comes again. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I'd like some more coffee. Yeah, I'd like another Old Palmer. Yeah. Thank you. How long so, have you worked here? A year and a half. year and a half? Okay. All right. Just checking. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Michael Berger said this to me. He said, uh, and, he, and he's, he's, he's brilliant, man. He is really brilliant, that Michael Berger guy. But um, he said to me, he said, I was interviewing Oprah, you know, a real big star, you know. And he said, you know, we were talking about, you know, not being the, you know, be it, don't be the greatest guest on your show and, and, and listen and, you know, make them the star, you know. And, and he basically said, you know, Everybody wants to talk about themselves. I don't care if it's Oprah yeah. or if it's Willie down over there on the corner. And if you can say, hey, tell me about that time that you had, they were in school and that happened. Or tell me about the time that you got your, your first Christmas or whatever. And, and he just, it, it, it's a drug. He used yeah. the word drug. And even to the rich and famous, I mean, not, not to infer anything negatively about that word, but if, if you, it, 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 people want to talk about themselves. And if you can get there and do that. Yeah. Then, then you're going to be really successful. Nice. You know? Well, let's give you a little taste of that dope, that drug. What's that? I, one, I want to hear a little bit about your dad's history because he, he was a by radio way, guy. By the way, thank you very much. And you know what? You said let's give you a little bit of the drug. The difference between me and other people is I take the drug. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't wait for, I don't wait for it to be given. I'll just take it from you. You don't have to give it to me, right? It's, she I'm walks right up as you're saying, I'm give me the monster. drugs. Yeah. You, so, no, so I want, I want to I'm hear about my, your... I'm very proud of my dad, yeah. I want to hear your radio heritage because mm-hmm. your dad... Was in radio for a long time. Yep. You have been in radio a long time, but I, and I want to hear your story. I want to hear a little more details on yeah. how you started and where you've been. Well, but I think that starts with your dad, yeah, right? Yeah. So I almost go back as far, or my family almost goes back as far as when there was no television. Marconi? And, <laughs> yeah, almost. And what I mean by that is... You know, if you think, I mean, I'm a big radio guy, so I know all the history. And I don't yeah. want to bore you, but but no, I want to hear it. Before television, radio was television. Yeah, you know, you sat around the radio and watched it and looked at it and, and listened, stared at it. Yeah, and and I, it was the Lone Ranger. I do that was, now. Yeah, I do. Right. I'm serious. Well, well baseball it's, games or something. You, no, you sit, I, in the, you sit with the lights out it, in the breezeway and listen to a listen to a play by play on a baseball game. There's nothing better. You know, you know it's what I, I listen to, and I'm not joking. Every single night. And I can't sleep with headphones because I'll get tangled yeah, and claustrophobic. Yeah. But I, I have a what's I don't even know how to pronounce it tinnitus, oh, the, the ringing in your oh, ears, yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, tinnitus, tinnitus, however yeah, it's pronounced. Tinnitus, yeah. I have that. It's oh, I have it really bad to where it wakes me up and oh, keeps no. you from sleeping. So I have to. You just got. You just shot me with lemon juice. <laughs> I I have to listen to something. By the way, you've made about two or three references. <laughs> this is an audio. Uh, <laughs> 
a format. This is I not like a visual it. format, so I'd stop with the visual. It's the radio of the mind. Uh, the, the, um, I have to listen to something to go to sleep. Otherwise, the ringing keeps me awake. Okay. So what I listen to is old-time radio shows. Do you really? Uh, yeah. Uh, drag, I, I like the, the radio noir. It's uh, Dragnet. Uh, Ranger sometimes. No, I I, I, not so much the westerns. I like the, the the Lux Radio Theater and stuff like that. Uh, uh, Boston Blackie, uh, uh, Johnny Dollar is one of my favorites. But I have to listen to him to go to sleep, which means since I can't wear headphones, my wife I has to, to listen to him. She hates them. She absolutely hates well, them. Maybe but you every should, maybe single you night. start listening, going to sleep, listening to your <laughs> podcast, and that way your wife would finally hear one of them. I, I don't want to hear the that either. Show. But no, so back in the day, there was no television, and so George Burns was doing a show, and the Lone Ranger was oh, yeah. doing a show, and you know, I don't know all the, the Jack Benny, of one of my yeah, favorites. And, and, and then TV was invented, and all those shows went to television, yeah. and the Lone Ranger was not a, a talking show, it was a visual show, yeah. right? They had a horse and stuntmen and, and cowboys and stuff, and so it went to television, this, this newfound media. And then radio sort of died on the vine. Because it wasn't needed anymore. And so what happened was radio had to become local. Radio was national. Yes. You know, from New York, it's the George yes. Burns show. You know, and you would, do a, you would do a drama on the, on the radio mm-hmm. or you would do a comedy on the radio. And then those all went to TV. So radio was dying. And so radio had to, was forced to reinvent itself and in, the, in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. I don't have my times exactly yet, yeah. right? But, no, I understand. And so then it had to become, it, it can't be national because television is national. Everyone was sitting next to this television now. And so radio had to become local. And so what you did is you had these morning shows or these afternoon shows or these night shows that the kids would listen to, the teenagers would listen to, and these were the biggest celebrities in town. In some cases, they were bigger than Clark Gable or the mm-hmm. Hollywood celebrity at the time because it was in your town and it was that guy. And so my dad came up. He started, I think, in 50, 53 or something like that. Whereabouts? What, what? Uh, well, he, he got started in the in the. Midwest, and then he uh, got his big break in Dallas on a big station called KLIF, and it was owned by a guy named Gordon McClendon. And Gordon McClendon, I, I hope I'm not uh, holding your hand too much when I talk. I don't want to do that, but I also, uh, I, I, to me, it's very significant and, and stuff. So I want to sort of emphasize things. But Gordon McClendon was an owner of radio stations, and Gordon McClendon is credited as the father of Top 40 Radio. Nice. Now, I don't want to give you a big uh, community college communications yeah. class or course on this, but if you think about it, I mean, we're talking about the days where the rotation, the music rotation was you had a box of records, and you took from the front of the box, played the record, and then put it in the put back. Put it in the back. And that was your rotation, so you didn't hear the same song every, every time. Well, anyway, so, so Gordon McLennan and a couple of guys, they were at a coffee shop. I don't know if this was in the 50s or so. And they were at the coffee shop, and, and they said, look at this. The waitresses are taking their nickel tips, their hard-earned nickel tips, yeah. and they're putting it. We've been sitting here for 30 minutes having coffee, and they take their nickel tip, they put it in the jukebox, and play the same old song. Yeah. Every 10 minutes, the same song's coming on. Top 40. Top 40, you take the top 40 songs and you play it every, every 45 minutes or every 30 minutes or every 90 minutes. Yeah. Top 40. And that's why if you're not a fan of Top 40, you go, oh, here comes that Madonna song again, that Katy Perry song again. It's driving me crazy. Yeah. Well, but, but, but the kids need that every 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. Because, okay, so They're a little fix. So, they, so, so he worked for a company that, that was, was, was credited for founding uh, Top 40. And, and that man, Gordon McClendon, was, was, was very fascinating and, 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 and incredible. Um, you know, Gordon McClendon, uh, who, who my father worked for, you know, he would have a, a news van, 
right? You yeah. have to have the news van go out and cover the the the, the, the murder on the, yeah. on, the in, in, on Ash Avenue or whatever. Yeah. Okay. But he had a news van. But the license plate in the news van was News Van Seven. Because now it looks like you have seven news vans. You only had one news van. So he was very smoke and mirrors, right? So anyways, uh, they did a team show, uh, they, and they gave them their names back then. And my father's name was, it was given to him. My, my father's name was Jack Woods. He's in the National uh, Radio Hall of Fame. And mm-hmm. he was given the name Charlie Brown, probably <laughs> from the penis character. Yeah. And um, his partner was Irving Harrigan. It was just, just a Scottish name or yeah. whatever. And, you know, and those were names that were given to disc jockeys. And so there were two guys named Charlie and Harrigan. And they owned Dallas, just like uh, if you're in L.A., you know, KHJ was the boss station. There was one in San Diego. There was one, you know, the, the station, the AM yeah. boss, boss station. So that was KLIF. And they were the morning show at KLIF. And every kid listened to them and everything. And then the Harrigan was a guy named Ron Chapman. And he did, back then, he did what Dick Clark did. And he left radio, and he became the American bandstand guy in gotcha. Dallas. Gotcha. The, the, the regional... Dick Clark. Yeah. And so now my dad got partnered up with another guy named Paul Menard. And in 66, they got paired up. And they were Charlie and Harrigan sent up, up until the day they died. So he kept the same... Character name, so he as gets the a new previous. Name. Yeah, he's, yeah, so he's he's the new <laughs> kind of like the Ramones. Yeah, How Charlie many Ramones? Right. new guy comes in? It's a different Ramone. Right. <laughs> so now, so now, what they did was, so they worked their way up, and um, it was wonderful. And we moved every every you know year and a half. We had to move because he was moving up, moving up to a bigger market, bigger I, market. I had an old yes, and I had an older brother, and my older brother uh, was two and a half, three years older than me, and he never went to the same school. Twice. Oh wow! Until high school, when we decided to settle down, because my dad was either getting promoted or yeah. or lured away for yeah, you know, and he was working his way up that time. And so we moved a lot. We were very nomadic. But anyways, and so we moved to Cleveland and we moved to New York. He he did afternoons in New York City by himself. Uh, what by years? Um, sixty seven, sixty eight. Did and, you uh, know a lot of the radio he, guys he, he there? Did afternoons. My dad was a solo back then. He did, we, we were going away from the Charlie Harrington part, but my dad did solos. He was the afternoon guy at WNBC in New York, and then and then twenty twenty something years later, it's how, Howard Stern doing afternoons. How old were you at that time? Uh, I was probably four or five. So was, okay, you know, do you know the comic Greg Fitzsimmons? No, I don't think so. He's, he's a big comic. Yeah, the Fitzdog Radio is his podcast. Okay. Huge guy, national touring guy. His dad, Fitzsimmons, was the afternoon guy. Whatever station Stern ended up on, it was the opposite network. But he was there for 20 years. Okay. He was the, yeah. the afternoon so, radio yeah. guy. No, that's good. Yeah, I love uh, that. Fitzsimmons was his last name. I can't remember his first name, though. But yeah. he, was, he was huge in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but my, yeah, so he was on WNBC, and then and then, he, then we moved to Denver, and then we moved to San Diego, and then uh, we were doing really well in San Diego, and then the uh, station across the street wanted to hire him, and yeah. he had a non-compete, so he couldn't go across the street, so we had to move to Dallas for a year to get out of the non-compete, you had to wear it out, yeah. Dallas, and then after a year, we came back to the station that, that hired him, and then we stayed at KCBQ, which was the. Top forty six yeah. in San Diego, and they were they were number one in that town forever. Now, in the late seventies, early eighties, I'm saying things, and I love it because nobody can can comprehend it. But I lived it. But here's the thing: you know about satellite radio, yeah. Okay, so you know about satellite radio, and the and the idea of there's a guy in L.A. and he's on the radio, and he's in your town, but he's not in this town. Yeah. Okay? Then there's the part of satellite radio that there is a big metal. P 
piece of metal machinery that they shoot in a rocket and put it up in the sky, (laughs) and that's called the satellite. That's why it's called satellite radio. Before satellite, my father and his partner, Charlie and Harrigan, were on 40 uh, morning shows across America simultaneously. That's huge. Yeah. And the satellite didn't exist. It that wasn't was invented huge. for radio. Syndication. Syndication. Yeah. And what they would do is they would do their morning show in San Diego, and they'd get off at 10 o'clock, and then they would go to a, their, their studio, and they would do a four-hour show on reel-to-reel tape. Yeah. And then they would go home. They did two shows, one in the morning and then their second job. And they would do two. And then the, the guy, the, the, not the flunky, but the, the guy at the yeah. shop would, the engineer. Would, would duplicate all, yeah. you know, would duplicate 40 of those reels. Okay, you know, you know, so it's a four-hour show on reel to reel. Yeah, and he would duplicate that four-hour show on reel to reel forty times, and then he would put it on a UPS truck or a FedEx truck if it was around back then. Yeah, and they would mail them over to the thing, and they would get them at five in the evening or, or the next day, or they'd be and working would, one day ahead. Yeah, and then they would be, and then there would be a board op, a kid that would put the reel to reel on, and the kid would be playing the music. And the song would end, and then he'd hit the reel to reel machine and say, "Hey, Charlie Amazing. Harrigan, good morning," and you don't tell the time. And you don't say, you know, you, you know, you, you know, you, you can't be that specific. You, you genericize, you genericize yeah, it yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, a couple of minutes How amazing! That's and, and, and they would record. They would record this. It's six oh one. A minute after six o'clock. It's six oh two. Two minutes after six yeah. o'clock. Six oh three. Three minutes after six o'clock. And they would have to record every one of them so that the guy could grab that one and go, "Oh, look, this song's ending at six oh seven. I better grab the six oh seven. Oh man! So they would pop that Charlie and Harrigan at six oh seven. Then they'd go to the reel to reel. Hey, did you hear the story about blah 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 blah? blah, blah. <laughs> and then they go into commercials and be back into music. So in nineteen seventy nine, early eighties, they were number one in San Diego where we lived. Yeah. And they were number one in the ratings in Las Vegas. Beating every live person in Las oh, Vegas, man. they were on reel-to-reel tape. That's and so, amazing. And, that, so, and they were and, and and they were in Tucson, and they were in all over the place. Anchorage, Alaska. They were in uh, uh, Salt Lake City, uh, Lubbock, Texas. That's huge. And what they would do is, if that radio station in Lubbock, Texas, was having a grand opening of the mall, they would fly in for the week. Yeah, yeah, join yeah. Us, join us this weekend for the grand opening of the restaurant. And, and the celebrities go. just got here, and, kind and, of thing. Yeah, but they wouldn't know that they weren't in town. They yeah. flew in the, the night before. <laughs> and what happened was they were just gangbusters. I mean, they were they were number one all over the country on reel to reel machines. Nobody knew that they weren't real. And you know, <laughs> and you know, and you know what happened? Uh, I, you, you, I don't know the time, and people are going to be offended that I don't know the exact date. But John Lennon was assassinated, yeah. eighty-one, and, and and it came on Monday Night Football at eight, you know eight o'clock at night, yep. New York time or whatever, and it said uh, uh, news bulletin, ABC News, John Lennon's driven. The next morning, every radio station was. The next morning, every radio station was talking about the assassination of John Lennon. Yeah. Except for the stations, the 40 or 50 stations. That because my dad they're went, on the hey, pre- did you hear the one about the guy that walks into a bar? Yeah. And they didn't, and you can't do that because you had a significant event. In Huge, history, yeah. And they're talking about, about you know, bar jokes about or whatever. About the day before's joke. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so, so uh, that, that was it. But, but then Satellite came. But they were the they were the forerunners of all satellites. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and they're in the Hall of Fame for for, for, for all of that. That is huge. Yeah. That is so yeah. neat. And uh, yeah, it's great. And, and you, so uh, you got the bug early because of yeah, watching and, so, and listening so, so, to your dad. So, yeah, so I wanted to do that. I didn't have any direction. So my parents said you better go find a job. So I said, well, I got I got access to a radio station, so I'll go in there and practice. You know, it won't cost me any money. And then my dad said, whatever you do, if you're going to get into radio, get into sales. And make money. Don't be an on-air monkey. <laughs> and I said, no way, Dad. I'm going to go in for the fun and the fame. <laughs> and uh, I got into radio in about 88. 
Yeah. And uh, I don't know, uh, 10 years ago, 2000, 2008, whatever. There was a, I got into radio in 88, and, and about, I don't know, half a decade ago, a decade ago, there was a, there was a report that came out. Uh, a 20-year report on the status of radio. And radio has been in decline since 1988. And this was, this was released five <laughs> years ago in, in the 2000s. This was released after a 20, 30 years uh, uh, study of the, uh, uh, the state of radio. And I said, great, I got in in 88, and it went th- nothing but down. Do you think that's why it went down? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, that's right. And so, it can all be traced back to this young boy in... San Diego. <laughs> so that, I, so, so that I, you're not asking, and I'm probably, you know, uh, we're probably going into hour six, right? Well, no. <laughs> uh, but you're not asking, but uh, so then I go hop from radio station to radio station. You're trying to, you know, get a, build a resume. Yeah. You're trying to get a, on-air tape and audition, and you're trying to get better and better. And my third job, uh, my first job was overnights on an AM station in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. Making $13,000 a year or something like that. Just horrible job, but it's somewhere to get your chops done, you know, pay your dues. And then my second job was a part-time job in San Diego, my hometown. And I go, man, I'm in market 20. Yeah. I'm in a top 20 market. My second job at radio. I was only working weekends, but it was cake. But you're and still I wasn't there, making yeah. any money, and I was 20-something years old. And then my third job was I was, doing, I was in San Diego, and then there were three or four radio stations in San Diego that were Mexican radio stations, yeah. Tijuana. And um, you had to drive down there and, and work in Mexico. And one of them was Z90, uh, XHTZ, and it was a rock station. Eddie Money music and yeah. uh, Fleetwood Mac music, and and I got the I, my first full time job. My third job in radio was my a full time job, and I was working full time working nights on a rock station in San Diego. And I had to drive into Tijuana every night about five o'clock, and then I would get off at midnight. Seven the station midnight. was actually across and, the border, and you had to go in there. Yeah, and you had to go into Mexico, and then I got off at, at midnight. But it was fine coming across the border because nobody was coming across at midnight. A couple drunks and bar scenes, but on Fridays and Saturdays, it was horrible, you know, because you were stuck in traffic for, forever for all the tourists and stuff. Anyways, and so I, it was a rock station, yeah. and then they were going to change it to an urban station. An urban station is a format that plays uh, rap music and, R- and heavy R&B hip-hop and, and that kind of stuff. And so we saw the writing on the wall, and we said, oh, we're in trouble. And so I'm the night guy. But when, it, when you go from a rock station to an urban station, the morning guy's going first. Yeah, because he's not an urban guy. He's yeah. going first, and that's the most prominent thing. So he gets fired day one, and then the afternoon guy is going to get fired next because he's good enough to do afternoons, but not an urban. But he's yeah. not as hurtful. He doesn't hurt you as much. He goes next, and then and then the, and then the third person to go is nights because nights are very important on a hip hop team yeah. popper station. So you really got to be the slick guy or whatever. And so they came to me. I was doing nights, and they came to me and they called me in, and I was. I was, you know, and, and you know when you're young and you wear your emotions on the sleeve. And nowadays, <laughs> if the boss says you're horrible, you go, "Thank you, sir. I appreciate the opportunity." And, the, <laughs> and when you're 28, you go, oh, "Shut up, jerk. You don't know what you're talking about." And then you know you're just so dumb and naive. And so this this boss calls me in and says, "Hey, man, the um, good news is we're going to keep you on." I said, "Great," because they were just firing guys left and right. Yeah. But the bad news is we're going to change your name. <laughs> and I'm telling you, what this, had you been using? Had you been using your own name? name? Okay. Was, yeah. And so, and I'm going to tell you this, so you'll forever have it in, 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 in whatever. Um, they changed my name. He said, he said, and I was pissed. I didn't want to be in the meeting. I knew it was coming down. I didn't yeah. want to be on the station. And he said, we're going to change your name to Kickin' Carlos Cabrera. <laughs> that's, why I, that's why I forced this story on you, because I knew you would enjoy it. And you would have never asked me about that story. 
and I was so pissed off and disgruntled before it was going to start in a week, you know? Yeah. And I was so pissed off and disgruntled, and, and I said, and again, I was young and naive, and I said, I don't even know how to say that name. <laughs> I was arguing instead of going, yes, boss. And I go, I don't even know how to say that name. And he goes, okay, listen to this. Okay, then 90% of the time you can use Kick and Carlos, and 10% of the time you got to use the full name Kick and Carlos Cabrera. <laughs> I said, now i got to count nine out of ten times when I open my mic? That's even stupider. So anyways, but that was it. So I was Kick and Carlos Cabrera, and that was, that was, that that was a story great. that nobody can take away from me. <laughs> Kick and Carlos Cabrera. Oh but, man! Uh, yeah, so, we'll have to we'll have to do another one of these. Uh, I know what I, I know what I'm opening. Stories, huh? I, I know what I'm opening the the show with. <laughs> no, uh, Mexican radio, Wall of Voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard that, a lot of that. I heard a yeah. lot of that. So, anyways, uh, it was a lot of fun. I got I got millions of stories. Now, you, we had talked about and, and we had some conversations earlier today before we plugged in here. Um, about some of the the live events yeah. and radio remotes, uh, I, you've done Thousands tons of, of these. Yeah. Give me one of the best radio remotes, and then you know what's coming after that. I want to know the worst. <laughs> the what? The worst. The worst. The worst. Oh, the worst. No, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know, and I'm not nervous, and you didn't put me on the spot. Or anything. I mean, one of the best, one of the highlights was. Um, I was working weekends in Los Angeles on K-Earth 101, the, the, the legendary oldie station. Yeah. And we, the radio station was throwing a concert at the Hollywood Bowl. And it was either Saturday or Sunday. It was probably a Saturday. Around Father's Day. It wasn't on Father's Day, but it was around Father's Day. Probably, probably Father's Day Sunday or whatever. Yeah. And it was, this was in 2006. Uh, 2003, excuse me. I don't know. Whatever. 2006. Early, the early aughts. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it was the Righteous Brothers, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Three Dog Night. Oh, wow. The Rascals. What a lineup. At the Hollywood Bowl. And it happened to be, the show started like 7 o'clock at the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles. And it happened to be the same day and the same hour as my shift. And so they said, well, look, Bo, you can just do your show live from the Hollywood Bowl. It was amazing. All Where, I where'd you show- set up? Backstage. Backstage? But, 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 but in L.A., the engineer, it'll take them... It's like an ESPN set or something, man. I mean, yeah. they make this set, and it's all professional. It's, it's just as good as the ins- inside uh, inside set, if not better. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a studio outside behind stage, and so they would all come into the uh, the artist gate, and I cool. would interview them and get pictures and meet them, and that was fantastic. Nice. That was just wonderful. How's, um, did you did you take a stroll onto the stage, like pre-show or something? No. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm just kidding. What, yeah, what's yeah, that, yeah. What's that feel like? Oh, it's fantastic. Stand- well, yeah. I've only seen pictures. Never been there. You know, I ask people, and I don't know if I'm, if I'm doing this right or not, and, and I, hope, I hope I'm explaining this right. I ask people when I interview them, you know, like that, you know, what are your, what was your, you know, what was the, what was the greatest moment of your yeah. career? And what I'm trying to ask them is, what the answer I want is, I was working as a waiter, and I got that phone call, and now I'm the, the TV host of, of The Price is Right. That's what I want to hear. But when you ask somebody like that, you say, what were some of the highlights? Oh, well, gosh, the highlights were working with some great talent in Hollywood and being able to be with some great actors and actresses. And that's not a real answer. And, and, and I don't know if I'm going to – and now I've lost my train of thought. And I, and I liked it. I liked it that way. So I, I tend to wear my – Hard on the sleeve. Yeah. Tell the tell the, the the you know not the macho story or not the whatever, but um, you just asked me something and I was setting it up with that and I and I no. What did it feel like on that stage? Because that's such a legendary 
a legendary venue. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, to, you were to even me. even with nobody in the crowd, you know, no, pre-show right. show, to right. stand on that stage and leave no. to a big lawn. Isn't there a big lawn area like yeah. in the back? Well, and yeah, and then the big the big uh, the band bow, shell. You know, yeah. yeah. And so, so, anyways, yeah. So that was the point. So the thing that hit me the most, and you know, you're supposed to say, "What was that like?" Well, it was very nice, and I had a great opportunity. Right? That's what you're supposed to say. Yeah. But I said, you know, what was the most amazing thing is I'm on the radio. And I'm saying, you know, doing a show, yeah. not doing the, the the concert show. Hey, the weather tonight is going to be X Y Z. Hey, coming up in 15 minutes. Stay tuned for a chance to win, uh, you know, yeah. win a contest. And I'm doing a radio show, and the coolest thing about it was I realized that everybody coming to the parking lot and everybody coming to their seats were most likely listening, listening to, to me. You, yeah. So that's an egotistical answer, but but I just love that. I mean, I mean, if you, if you're going to a concert, you're going to be listening to the radio station. To the of, of the concert, you're yeah. See. So it was, it was that was that was sort of a, a real fun uh, realization that see, a lot of folks were listening to that, I, and I was sitting. Yeah, I was just curious sick. about that stage and feeling because over the years shooting, you know, I worked for print media yeah. for decades, and as a kid, this is a perfect example. As a kid, four, five, six years old, my dad would take us as a family. He would get free tickets from work. And he would take us as a family to go see the Oakland A's. We live pretty yeah. close to Oakland. So Oakland Coliseum was where we watched baseball. Wow. And then, so it was walking through that stadium, through the tunnels, and seeing the green and the sunshine and everything, as a kid, it's giving me chills now because yeah, I used to love doing it. Not, not everybody And gets. then years later, I'm on the field standing there for work-wise. And the first time I did that, I had to stop and just look around. I'm there. got my media pass. And I'm standing on this field that I grew up looking at, or at right. uh, sidelines at an Oakland Raiders game, yeah. or courtside for the Warriors kind of thing. But there were a couple of times when I was doing photographing events at the Cow Palace. You know, the, the Stones Palace. played there. Oh, everybody played at the Cow Palace. And I'm standing on. Nobody's in the place. They're completely empty. Uh, if the wall. And I'm talk, standing right? on the stage, just looking out. And then more recently, uh, a couple years ago, I was at the Comedy Store in La Jolla, and uh, my, my friend Steve Simone was there, and I was helping him record something. I'm a huge comedy fan, and it's just the, the staff is there, and the bartenders are getting the seats ready and everything, and we're setting mics, and I'm standing on the stage at the Comedy Store, and the wood is, setting the mic. And the, and, the, and the wood on the stage is all worn, it's and it's got, <laughs> it's got the footmarks of all the, uh, yeah. of, of Robin Williams. And, and I'm standing there, and I, I didn't think about it. I should have said... It's probably got the sweat on the floor yeah, from yeah, these guys. I probably could have got a little numb by just licking it. <laughs> no, no. But I, I didn't think about it, because I'm, I'm, I, I don't like my picture taken. I'm always on the other side of the camera. I wish I would have asked somebody to take a quick picture yeah, of me. That's and cool. I've been on the stage at Stand Up Live and Tempe Improv pre-show and taking pictures and stuff. And just thinking, who's been standing right here? It's a really neat feeling. Just to feel that. And, you know, and the, 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 uh, the, the hallowed ground at the comedy store on Sunset in Hollywood. Right. I've been back in that alleyway five feet from Bill Burr yeah. looking at him going, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah. But it's just kind of... You know, it's just—it's a neat feeling, and I just went to the Hollywood Bowl because everybody who is anybody has played on that stage. No, it was a magical night. It was fun. And, nice. Uh, it was good, and I—you know—I'd been in the seats watching yeah. shows, and to be on the uh, behind behind yeah. the stage and on near the stage, watching and, when it what how the how you know how the sausage is made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. That's but one the, of the reasons I got into media. 
Yeah. Was because I was always what happens backstage? What happens in the clubhouse and the dugouts? You know, that, that was that was always kind of the the neat thing to kind of be in the know. I like that. That was yep. a neat thing. Okay, flip side. Some hell gigs. What were some of the worst? I thought you were just going to let that go. <laughs> no, uh-uh. No, I don't know any. I really don't. I'm sure there ha- I'm not trying to be coy or anything. I'm sure there were. I mean, uh, I've, uh, not necessarily remote broadcasts or anything, but uh, I worked at a station in San Luis Obispo. Yeah, beautiful and, area. And, and it, went, it went bankrupt. <laughs> and, so it, and so How soon after you got there? <laughs> Thank you, man. Again. again. 1988, went downhill. <laughs> Kicking Carl. 88, radio, the day I get into radio, go downhill. But um, no, um, that was an interesting thing. So it was, and it was really, it was really, the guy was just really weird. But uh, so, the, so I was doing, I think, an afternoon show or maybe, or maybe a morning show. And they said, uh, and, and so around 10 o'clock, you know, everyone who's going to be in the building is there, you yeah. know, because it's probably not a night guy and the, everyone else is there. The afternoon guy is just about to get there and stuff. And so the guy says, hey, I want a staff meeting real quick. Hey, everybody. Um, and then he takes about 40 minutes to say that we're going dark, and they're shutting the doors, and they're locking the doors, and this is your last day. But he says, we're going to make history, and today is a historical day, and da 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 And he goes on, he goes, I'm looking around this room, and you guys all put in a lot of great work. And he goes, Sally, you are fantastic. He goes around to every – and I'm going, are you kidding me? You know, I, I'm 26 yeah. years old. I want to go home on a Friday. And he goes – uh, guys, we're 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 in my words. He said we're going dark and and uh, we're shutting, the, we're locking the doors. So do not leave because we're going to give you. We have to add up your last paycheck and you have to stand in line, <laughs> and then we're going to give you your check and then you won't you won't then we'll, then we're locking the doors. Yeah. And so that was that was a. I've had a lot of those kind of stories. Yeah. You know. Um, let's see if I can tell you any. Uh, Let's see. I don't know. I'll be glad to share stories. No. Well, that, that's great, though, that yeah. your best memories, the ones that stick out, are good things. I think that's a testimony of a good <laughs> yeah. career. You yeah, know? I, I, yeah. And, and on the flip side, for myself, when people ask you know, highlights of your career, I was a, you news, have a, great story I was about, a news photojournalist yeah. for decades. What was that story you were telling me about, uh, about the unfocused picture you were uh which one I, I'm sorry you told me a great picture <laughs> I and i apologize i, I don't remember. remember it but the, the one up in up at the up at the jcc or something like that and, and it was the guy and the old time guy and you said can i get a picture and he's oh, okay i'm ready carrie grant carrie grant yeah, that was incredible i've told that story. here before you've told that story but, but the, the the thing you know that was a great story i got, I got a chance to meet somebody in my eyes, that yeah. was a, a film god, Cary yeah, Grant. Yeah. Took one of the last photographs that, of, of him ever taken. Anyway, but, but for the that most part... That was a great story. You said that you begged those people to get a picture <laughs> in the interview, and they said, he doesn't do any he doesn't pictures. Do. And, and then you tried it. You sent him I, a no, he, he doesn't do any pictures. And then you had the camera on there, and he said, okay, he's ready for the picture. And you said, you don't need any pictures. And so you weren't prepared. I, I you took, weren't focused. I, I you took like phone, three frames. And he, goes, and he goes, okay, I'm done. And he and walked he goes, Wait away. A minute. I haven't even checked to see if it's good yet. And he walked away, and you have this. I got one frame. And then, and then a week later, he dies or something. Yeah, like one, one frame. But for the most, most of the highlights of my career, yeah. and when I say highlights, most memorable, I don't mean funnest, Obviously, because okay. I'll get it. There are always tragedies, <laughs> you know. Oh, sure. Loma Prieta earthquake. Sure, because you have to take those. Yeah, you have to I'm, visually report uh, those with, with, with pictures uh, here locally. The Yarnell nineteen. Yeah. Um, you know that was international that media I didn't here. Think of that. So the most memorable days of my professional career are unfortunately the worst days of many families' lives. Wow. It's just it's just an odd dynamic. That's it. Now, we'll, and we'll, we're, we're getting there. I know you've got... We, no. We've taken up your sure. whole day. 
But if you turn around, uh oh, this is a guy. Danny's wearing his big old hat now. Danny Romero, who's going to be playing music right here at the Palace uh, Hotel, uh, Palace Restaurant and Saloon, yeah. like he does every Friday evening. So come back down, and check and, him out. And you're going to point out the guy next to him that, that, that Phil sort Cross of said hi to us. Phil Cross is that Phil Cross? Yes, Phil Cross, uh, one of the founding members of the. Dog, I'm going to get it wrong. The Jesters or the Jokers, an oh, infamous me. motorcycle gang out of California wow. who merged with... Are you wrapping us up? Yeah, sure. of course. Wait. I'm sorry, say again? No, we're doing a podcast. Yeah. Is that all right? You want to be on it? He does podcasts on the, uh, on the fly with the portable stuff. I do one in the studio. It, it's, so can I interview you? Ba- basically, so, so, what so it is is it's reviews of the wait staffs of no, every place up not. and down. De- no, I'm just no, it is not. <laughs> he got yeah, right. an A plus. So, what is your name? Lena. Okay, Lena is our waitress, and that's all. That, that's as in depth as of, of our interview. That's with, it. With you, if that's okay with you. <laughs> I'm not and a she's good been reporter. here for about a year and a half. The nicest interview I've ever had. Well, good. H- how many interviews have you had? <laughs> you Honestly, say one. probably a couple. Actually, okay. yep. I was telling a story earlier. I interviewed a fairly famous comic one time, and I said, so how did it go? He goes, this is like the fifth best interview I've had all week. I said, how many have you done? He said, four. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work out right. It's also... Thanks. Thank you. So Phil, is uh, his club back in the 60s got absorbed by the Oakland chapter of the Hells Angels. Okay. So he is... Is still an, an, an Hell's he knows, Angel. He knows where the bodies are buried, is what you're telling me. I, I will not comment on that because I'm dying desperately trying to get Phil to sit down and record with me, and he's not. He came out with a with a why, book why, why recently. Why will he not? Is he playing coy? Or no, is he no, he he's not sure. We don't, I don't know him that well. I've met him here and through Danny because this is his Friday hangout. Phil Phil hangs out here. He uh, gave me one of his books. Why don't uh, we ask him? No, I've he's he's. His concern is he doesn't know me, so he's not that comfortable with what I'm going to ask him. You know, he doesn't <laughs> for exactly what you just said. So I, I am going to sit down with. I kind of no, I've How got this. Go up to him and say, "Hey, I'd like to do this thing," and he goes, "Well, I'm not really sure." Record that, record that, and then make a pledge to him. Let's do this thing. And if I ask a question you don't like. You just say hamburger. And we'll <laughs> no, we, he, well, what he wanted to do is sit down and just talk over drinks with me one day. And we've done that a couple of times. Oh, I just haven't seen him in a couple of months. So, but I think I think we're about about ready to do it. All but right. I want to sit. But the reason why I was at, why I brought it up is he, so he's sitting. Wait a minute. Do, yeah, we're, we're, right at a, there. We're, we're at a bar. I know we're at a bar, yeah. and we're at the tables in the bar. Yeah, uh, that are about he's about feet thirty from feet. Yeah, bar. He's sitting at the bar. We're sitting at the tables in in the bar area. So I'll tell you this. When we get ready to leave, and we're all walking thank out to the thank you, and and we're and we're walking out to the um, to the car, I'll intentionally when we get to him, I'll go, Matt, you made me so comfortable. That was the best interview I've ever had, and I'll say that in front of him as, as I'm passing. Oh, well, one, he won't hear you. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say it real loud. No, I'm actually going to ask him. Maybe we can sit down in a week or so. I think we're about ready. His, he wants his wife, who's also his co-writer on okay. his book, to be there when we do it, and I want to hear her story too. Anyway. The reason I brought that up is because one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, but obviously a very interesting history that he talks very candidly about in his book. 
Right. And I've mentioned this book before. I'll mention it again on the intro and outro here. reason I bring it up is because he was stage-side at the Stones concert at Altamont. Oh, was he? Yes. So he was one of those guys. Yeah. Him uh, and Sonny. <laughs> he was one of the security guards for the Stones. At, yeah. I know at that the story. famous Altamont Raceway. Wow, that's fantastic. You never know. Intriguing. Yeah. Who you're going to bump into here at the Palace Restaurant and Saloon. It's a great spot. No, it is. It's, it's a good. lot of fun. Well, Bo, I think we're uh, I think we're about there, man. All right. We're uh, hovering around an hour. We're almost out of tachos. I can bring up one more topic. Go. I know, you know, because I never know when to say no. Beat a dead horse. So, as you mentioned earlier, Ronnie and I are doing a podcast. And uh, you're doing a podcast. I think what we should do is, I think you and I should create... How, how, how would I say this? We, we should create a, a, um, I don't even know what the word is. And we should go into, we should go into different buildings and restaurants and restaurants, uh, restaurants and, and what am I talking about? Am I, have I just had a stroke? <laughs> and so I, I'm, I right, think, I'm signing my check. Hold on. I think what we should do is we should approach a business. Like the palace. Like the palace or, or many of them here in the Quad Cities. And we should... Uh, approach them and say, hey, listen, we'd like to bring our listeners into your place and we'd like to do a live, what we're doing now, in-person yep. podcast. And then uh, it would be like uh, folks could watch us do it. It would be like a live broadcast. And then, you know, y- your followers and my followers and everybody could come in. We should start that and we should try to see if there's a, a, a person in town who owns a business that would want us to do that. We're going to do that. We, we are going to do that, and we're going to probably do it right here at the Bill Owens Room. is one of the places I'd like all to right. do it. Well, we just need a, We just need a location. We have all the equipment, and we need permission to come in on a on a on a downtime day, and yeah. we'll do our stuff, and we'll bring our people in. And they'll they'll have these tachos or whatever you call them. These, well, these tater tot nachos and well, drinks. And Bo Woods, if you listen, if you are a regular listener of the Mile High Show, I am. Uh, shows available at MileHighShow.com. You would know that a couple times a year we do that independently. What we want to do is do it with some of the some of the podcasts here in about, the Prescott area. Like, we got to do it soon, like, though. Like I want to do it. Like Dick Clark did with all those uh, artists. You know, he'd put them all on a bus and they'd come out and they'd sing two songs and they'd move to the next <laughs> We could do we could do a podcast parade or a podcast caravan. What was that uh, that uh, Tom Hanks movie? Uh, that thing you do, yeah, was a great great yeah. uh, example of how they used to do it back in the fifties and sixties. Yep. All right, let's wrap up. That way, I can chew and not worry about chewing on on Mike here. Bo Woods, the Ronnie and Bo Show, RonnieandBoShow.com, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, Matt. This was fun to do. Is that video out for public consumption of your uh, of your the Elk Show? Show at the Elks? No, it's still being edited, but we'll, we'll get that up on uh, YouTube and, and on our cool. Facebook page and stuff. Yeah, we had a wonderful show. I've never done. Uh, I've been a disc jockey all my life, and I've I've been in a a broom closet with a microphone and a couple of records and no no windows. Yeah, you know, just like just like BS, right? They they, they keep us in the dark and. Whatever, never mind. You know, it's like <laughs> mushrooms, like mushrooms. They keep us in the dark and they feed us. But I've never been out in a restaurant sitting here with people in the background and, and people no? are walking into this restaurant and going, who are these hey, two guy. guys having nachos or tachos with microphones in their hands? I do it all the time. It's really cool. I'm, I don't know why. It's but, a lot of fun. Well, you need to try a grocery sh- shopping uh, No, I've done it. <laughs> You've done it grocery shopping too. I have, done cool. them, I have done them walking through Safeway. I have done them uh, driving this. on the highway. I have done them uh, 
at he's, a baseball game. He's got a backpack and he's got all his portable equipment. He's got two microphones. He's got uh, wires. I mean, so thank you very much, man. This yeah, was, it was a lot of fun. Thanks, Bo. Glad to be on the Mile High Show. Cool. Yeah.